We're on the air. Back. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? To more of Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here, early break on the ticket. Nick Sainer filling in for Sorensen as he is in Hawaii. Steve Sipple and now Mike Schaefer, sponsored by Welcome Schaefer. CBD. How are we doing, Michael? Everyone good? Yeah. How are you doing? I am. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to. I'm ready to roll. I'm told we got a big, big hour here. We kind of do. I mean, I'd say we have. I mean, I would say we talked to Schaefer about Rouse Walter. Oh yeah. Harbaugh Jim. And and I would say hoops, Hoiberg Fred. Hoops, did you hear? Comma basketball. <laughs> right, right. Did you hear Sip singing Questions Eminem on the way on the way? No, in? I didn't. I didn't sing it. All I said was, "Please stand up, please stand up." That's all I said. I regret. I was so. I, I dropped my wife off, and then I was like, ah, "I could flip it over, see where they're at." Because sometimes I want to see, like you know. How far into the segment you are? How quickly I need. It's to usually get there. too cringy though to do it, isn't he? <laughs> and I, I just didn't for whatever reason. I drove in silence, and so now I, I learned probably a better option. I learned what. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me. My dad would do this when I was a kid. He would yeah. just drive. There'd be nothing on. I'm like, how did he do that? Interesting. And now I'm like 35, and like there's just certain times where I prefer just the noise of the road. I, I totally. I, do, other, same, I, I agree. Same. And then I, I get somewhere and it's like, how did I not have anything right. on? Oh, yeah. Apparently you can do it. Yep. Uh, I I usually associate that with rough times. <laughs> Everything's good. I'm good. Okay. I mean, I think I do that when I'm in some degree of stress and mental issues. You want to be left alone with your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. To me, that's always a dangerous proposition. Yeah. In a car alone with yeah. your thoughts. It's just always after work. Is that right? That's what that's when I it happens. You just, every, it's okay. every day Is that your like reflection time? It's not even reflection. It's just I don't talk to anybody. I don't, I don't yeah. think about anything. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the true detective. True detective part of the show when Woody tells McConaughey he's tired of McConaughey espousing his weird beliefs. And he says, for now on. Let's make this car a place of quiet reflection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Schaefer. Walter Rouse. Walter Rouse and the significance, the significance in your mind of Nebraska picking up Walter Rouse from the transfer portal. Yeah, it's, it's huge because as, as he's told, I mean, sure that I'm, I'm guessing he's told more than Brian Christopherson this. Like, uh-huh. Nebraska basically told him you're going to be our left tackle. Oh, God. Hear that, so, Nick? I mean, <laughs> we had a conversation in the first segment about how Sip does not want them just to be handed the job. Well, <laughs> I get it. Essentially, though. like that's where they're going to put them. Yeah. And okay, so what's Teddy do? Well, that's the that's kind of the fascinating thing. Like, does Teddy get the opportunity to kind of reinvent himself coming back from these injuries as a right tackle? And does that help him at all? Is that you know, do they see an avenue where that makes more sense for Teddy Prohaska? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's. If that's what that is, if it's just a thing where Walter Rouse has always been a left tackle and they're just not going to move a guy off of that. Or if you're sort of telling them that now and then you get to spring ball and maybe he gets here and 
and Teddy's good to go, and you're able to show him, like, hey, this guy should be the left tackle, but that gives us a really great right tackle. I don't know. But it, it made it seem like that's their left tackle. And so then if you already kind of know your left tackle and you know your center, suddenly that offensive line, which much maligned from last year, now has, oh, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 1,600 snaps joining it yeah. uh, from the Pac-12. Um, uh, well, now yeah. that offensive line, you, you're cutting down to where you need to fill three spots. And when you're doing that, it gets really interesting because you have Nori Newelli coming back. Guard. Yep. And then I think this allows Turner Corcoran for sure to move inside, and mm-hmm. I think that's to the benefit of literally yeah, everybody. That's a great point. Uh, hey, that's a good point. I think it does earmark Corcoran for inside, unless he's the right tackle. I, Which is possible. Now, here's the thing, Schaefer. This is what we're getting into. Now, I'm not – and I'm not being old, obnoxious old man here. I'm just – we do this in this – well, any market does it, not just this market, where we espouse this notion of daily competition in practice. Mm-hmm. That's why I I cringe a little bit when I hear, oh yeah, you know, Rouse is the left tackle and Ben Scott's the center. Yeah. I do that with I do it too. I mean, I I, I have to catch myself because we do we don't we talk about well, man, you got to get to a point where there's practice competition for jobs daily. Yeah, I think the the counter to that would be you got to get to the point where you have enough players that there's actual competition yeah. because I mean. Yeah. The reason you're going and getting those guys is you were bad in those spots. But wouldn't Teddy say, hey, wait a second, Shafe, there is actual competition. I am yeah. Teddy Prohaska. Well, and maybe that's the thing. They're going to let him com- – like maybe the, the whole thing of all of it is Teddy Prohaska needs time to learn and compete and to actually play left tackle yeah. because he's really only played – Eight. Three and a half games. Eight there? starts. That's what I was going to say. He's played eight uh, games in two years. Oh, eight games, yeah, not eight, even starts. He only has three and no. a half starts. Yeah, uh, three and a half. Yeah, yeah. and this guy has thirty nine. I mean, he has four starts. Right. He played. Yeah. He basically was a starter and finished three and a half games. So Rouse has yeah. thirty nine. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. It's fascinating, and I do this with Ben Scott, where I just say, "Oh, Ben Scott, you're starting center." I do this yeah. because your starting center left. I don't yeah. know. Like part well, of it is Piper could step in there, right? He could, but. He's been here for how long and really hasn't been the center that three, often, right? Three, three, right. He's largely been right. the guard. Right. So, so yeah. now you got a guy with center experience. Why wouldn't he, you know, naturally sort of end up being yeah. your center? Let so, me ask Schaefer this. Nine portal additions. We talked about this, too. I want to see what you think. Nine portal additions to this point. Rank the top four in order, in order of importance, I think, significance. I think both Rouse and Ben Scott are in that top four for me. Yep. Uh, Jeff Sims. I, I mean, honestly. There's three. I think they're all, and we we talked about this yesterday, I think they're all on the offensive side of the ball right now because I think every portal guy you got on defense, I don't know that they're they're just like any of them are just going to come in and take someone's job. Like that's where, you know, Elijah Judy's coming here to compete for those defensive line snaps. Yes. Corey Collier's coming here to compete with Miles Farmer and those guys. Well, he might be a corner. Um, You know, he's coming to compete with those defensive backs, Quentin Newsom, Miles Farmer, and wherever he – he ends up. Chief Borders is coming here to compete with those linebackers. Yeah. And, uh, and the edge. edge guys, yeah, probably. Yep. And so, to so we me, didn't mention Billy Kemp. Would you put no. Billy Kemp in the top four? Yeah, I think Billy Kemp is the fourth. Okay. I think it's so. I think it's Sims, Kemp, and the two offensive linemen. Yep. And a lot of that is Sims because I think his potential is through the roof. Ooh. So do you? I, I think that's a guy. You know, because that's a position that no one's left. I mean, so you have. 
you know, like one of the biggest quarterback rooms in America. Yeah. Yeah. Every other program is talking about it's hard to keep three guys. Nebraska's got 15 scholars. Not 15, but, you know, that's what it feels like in their quarterback. I would, I would tell Nebraska fans, if they haven't done this, I, I agree with you on Sims. I was startled when I turned on film of him. Yeah, I'm startled by what I saw in I mean, terms of potential. He's he's really talented. He has a huge arm. Yeah, and he is can very run. very athletic. Yeah, he can and run. And it's not like this is in a Kyler Murray package. I mean, this is a bigger six four two twenty. Right, and so then you're talking about okay, so if he does run, it's not like he's going to get crunched and never get back up. Right. I mean, so he's got some size to him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to provide a little bit of a. You know, an impact in terms of when someone's trying to tackle. Yeah. So I, I am like from a, a tool standpoint, he is drool worthy, which I, I yeah. understand. I mean, he's yeah. a former Elite 11 quarterback. Yeah. This is a guy that was really highly regarded as a pre- He's played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. The problem is it hasn't been consistent football. The, right. So it, that's where Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule, to make this thing work, they have to get him to a level he's never been. Right. But he has the potential he does. to not just be at that level, but to be at the one above it where we're going from pretty good to this guy's great. Yeah, it's a consistency issue, and I'd say he's a little injury prone. Yeah. So, I mean, but but yeah. And then Billy Kemp. You watched tape of Billy Kemp, which I did yesterday, and I was like, okay. I was like, well, he's going to be a – He's going to have a major impact. I don't know. I don't. I, again, I'm not handing guys jobs. It seems like he's very likely, assuming health, to be among their top three in terms of catching passes. Yeah, and seems like he'd be one or two. Right well, now. he caught 74 right. in 2021. Mm-hmm. Which, he's not a big guy, and the way that they will guy. use him is going to be very different than what we've seen. You know, you talked about this yesterday. Then transfer portal receivers like Samari Toure and Trey Palmer. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a closer to the line of scrimmage guy. He's going to be in that slot. He's kind of going to be like a safety belt yeah. uh, for the quarterback. And I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be, but if, if you think about how guys like Wes Welker have gotten used and Julian Edelman, and mm-hmm. you're going to be working kind of that middle yeah. portion of the field. He does. You're going to try to get mismatches against linebackers with speed. He does. Um, so those are the sort of things that you're looking to do. Yeah, they also, I you know, if you watch Virginia, they did split him out wide too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, they used him everywhere. They put him in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, now they didn't. He's not. I wouldn't compare him to one. Now he's 5'9", 172. That's what he is. Billy Kemp. I wouldn't compare him to Juan Dale in that. Juan Dale looked like he could play running back. Yeah. I don't think this is no. – Billy Kemp doesn't – when I he carries the ball, he doesn't look like a runner. either as uh, Juan Dale. Yeah, probably not. He's a little – I think straight line speed might yeah. be faster. I, he's quick. Yeah, he's super look, he, quick. He very quick. And he's fast. Mm-hmm. He can beat He can beat a corner straight line too. Hey, hey he's tough. He's tough. Um so man, these pickups, Mike. It's been a nice week for them. I mean, really I, has, I was thinking really that has. It, it's fascinating to me with the offensive line because I would say you know most of the time as they were recruiting Ben Scott and Walter Rouse, it just didn't feel that good that they were going to walk away with them. Mm-hmm. They end up getting both of those guys. The guy that I did feel good about because of connections and. Uh, the Philadelphia thing was Mazuka, yeah, and that was the one that surprised us. A lot of people, I think, were yeah, pretty surprised. You were surprised. I was surprised on, uh, on Tuesday night. I mean, yeah. I know that everything we had sort of heard it was definitely Florida, Nebraska, and it, it just felt like it was going to be Nebraska. Nick, and so it's kind of to me, it's sort of humorous and like the two guys. And for Ben Scott, it was always going to be Auburn until it was Nebraska. Until it was Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, with Walter Rouse, I think that one was a little bit more. Um, you know, Nebraska, I think, got in there and held pretty firm. But 
uh, just kind of fascinating. Yeah, no, I was, I, I was, I'm a, I mean, I was saying the same things as, as Mike was, or Shafe was earlier this, in the show at 6 a.m. segment. I mean, it was it, where where Nebraska was able to. Now this season, we're seeing it where the, the staff is going out and getting developmental projects in the recruiting class, and mm-hmm. and Brock Knutson, Sam Sledge, and. Uh, I'm missing one. Gunnar Gatula from Mason Southeast. Goldman. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Mason. Good job. Where, but then Magic they're also from getting South the, Dakota. They're also yeah, that's right. Um, but they're also targeting in the through the transfer portal immediate help with 39 starts at Stanford for. Uh, I think Walker, they were targeting Walker it Ross. last year. They just didn't get it. Didn't get they it. couldn't get them to campus. Like the the difference right now is they're getting these guys to actually show up and take visits. Mm-hmm. Last year they couldn't get those guys on campus. Which guys? Uh, the offensive, offensive lineman, lineman yeah. that they were going after. Yeah. They had a hard time. Oh, they did. They had an Arizona State kid who I can't say his name, not Ben Scott, mm. another one. Well, there was, there was I think, a kid named – I want to say it was like Tremont Shorts or something. He yeah. ended up yeah. He ended up at uh, LSU, I believe. Um, they had a couple kids from uh, FCS that they had wanted to get on campus, um, and they couldn't. And so it was just like – Last year, they just struggled to get those guys to, to show up. And so when you're getting both Rouse and Mazuka uh, to, to visit, like that's a big deal. Like you want to come away with at least one of those. Mm-hmm. And they got – I mean, I, I think you'd be happy with either. Mm-hmm. I think they got the slightly more interesting one from the concept of what it does to your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get Mazuka, you're adding him to where I think you're already maybe a little bit more talented in totally the interior. Totally agree. Totally agree. It's a – now you get the extra year, so there's a trade there. We yeah, we we perhaps in this conversation haven't praised the staff enough for getting this done. I was gonna say how big of how big of a get are these are for for Donovan Riola? Well, it's it's big for him. It's big for Matt Rule. I mean, I don't know what prior relationships helped get those guys exactly to campus. I don't know if there and, were, and and maybe it's which just, just like, makes hey, it even more impressive. These, yeah. yeah, these opportunities. Um, you know, but yeah, you. Rayola deserves credit because obviously they have to spend time with them when they're here, and he won them over to the sense that, like, yeah. I've only got, you know, one or two years with an offensive line coach, and then I'm trying to get to the NFL. Can this guy do that for me? And they both said yes. It's You know, it speaks to this too, Shafe, and I'm sure Brian wrote it. I, I read it. I read it in the World Herald. I read it on our site. Some of these guys, and, and Rouse is an example, they get here, and it's really the entire package that they see – that well, think about that, where he's coming from, right? And he yeah. said, he said, I didn't expect it to be as urban as it is. He said yeah. there are eight hotels in a four block radius, all these shops. He go, he said, he just said, I didn't expect that. And you know, and, and you mentioned Donovan. He he mentioned the ability of Nebraska to get him to the next level, which is big for him. He thought he would go out after this season, but he hurt his labrum. I don't know if he tore. He, he had a labrum injury, it's a painful and, injury. Yeah, and that I think it drove down his value a little bit to the point where he thought, okay, I'm going to be late round or not picked. Now I can go to a pl- instead of going to the draft, I can go to a place that will develop me mm-hmm. for a year, get me to a a better draft slot. And Nebraska, he determined that Nebraska could do that, which is a feather in Nebraska's cap. It's feather in Matt Rule's cap, feather in Donovan's cap. I think cap. it speaks a little bit like you're going to a place that has a former NFL coach. So Matt Rule can be very blunt Donovan. in terms of the assessment. And Donovan had Former time. NFL coach, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think that certainly speaks to it. Here's the other thing I think about when I think about a kid leaving Stanford after four years and choosing Nebraska. Yeah. 
He's going from no fan support and no interest in football at all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To a place where they are just dying for a 6-16. Six and 16. So, like, I think a guy like that can sense the sort of buy-in, all-in support that you get at a place like Nebraska and can appreciate it at a level that some guys may not be able to because he's seen the other side. He'll be blown away he's probably. in front of, like, dozens. Yeah, no, literally, I think Stanford, you know, because they struggled, they were down to fewer than 20,000 people a game. Oh, I mean, we're fewer than, like, 12,000 people. Like, you're talking about some of the yeah. weakest crowds I, in, in Power 5 football. Right. Now, think about what he's walking into. And, Schaefer, I bet you experienced this, and Nick probably made maybe too. I was startled the last couple of days how many people just – at Super Saver or wherever I was, are they getting Rouse? Are they getting Rouse? Are they getting Mazuka? I mean, this fan base is, is really dying to win yeah. right now, right? Well, and then I, I joke about this, but, like, this is sort of the time period where some people, it's like this is when the good news seems to happen. And so, yeah. like, you get that level of interest because you're hoping that yeah. this is going to eventually yeah. translate to that. Yeah. Yes. And line play, as you well know, and mm -hmm. you've covered it longer than either Nick or I have. Anybody in the world. I mean, This state loves line play. It does. I mean, it Appreciates really does. It. Appreciates it. And the Outland Trophy presentation yeah. was last night right here yeah. in Nebraska. So. Yeah. Remington Nick, on Saturday. Nick, we haven't given you much time to talk. That's all right. No, I'm, I'm good. Me and Schaefer both talk a lot. <laughs> you, guys, you, guys, you guys just do your thing. 100% no, true. Yeah, I mean, you're still getting paid. That's a not, lot. That's not, what I, that's not about it. Oh, so. come on. That's what it's always about. It's not NIL here. It, it, in my world, it's all about that was, that. Big, that was a big help for Walter Rouse as well, NIL. Yes, it was. He's not here without an NIL mm -hmm. structure. There's no way. I don't know how many of the transfers would be exactly. Yeah, for Probably not many of them. That's the reality of yeah. it. More with Mike Schaefer coming up next. Early break on the ticket.